You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of Labor Day, September 2nd, 2018, episode 92. From the City by the Sailor Sea, I am AJ Barce. And working my fingers to the bone, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, all work and no play makes AJ and me dull boys. So for the next half hour, we're playing around with work-life balance and how we can keep it in balance. Come join the conversation. It starts right now. This is the Bellingham Podcast. I smell fall in the air. How are you doing, Chris? I am thoroughly enjoying this air quality and this wonderful weather that we have right now. Doing great. Uh, as we're recording this, we're looking down the barrel of a three-day weekend. Uh, how Woo. about yourself? Uh, good, good. I'm, I'm looking forward to some time off and reclaiming some much-needed rest, relaxation from the work week. And for this national holiday that we just were discussing, uh, Labor Day, this is for all you workers out there. Hopefully you won't be hitting the retail sector on your day off, but enjoy a day of relaxation coming up on, on Monday. Uh, it's kind of nice to have a day off. Yeah, so we have, a, we, we have a Labor Day weekend here in the United States, so we have a, th- a three-day bank holiday. Uh, bank holiday, <laughs> I, I Okay. Chris, what are we doing this episode? We're continuing our series on the PNW, that's short for a pretty new uh, webcast. No, 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 no. No, Pacific Northwest. Yes, that. State of Mind, which is uh, a series that we're talking about. You know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about diet in the state of mind and how food affects our being. And then uh, last episode, we talked about sleep, among other things. And this episode, we'd be talking about time and the mindfulness of the time we have uh, in a day. It's our, Time is our enemy. I've, I've said this many times. It's the only thing that is my nemesis right now. How can I squeeze more time out of my day? How can I be more productive? How can I optimize, crush it in the day with all this time that's available? Oh yeah, I'm getting tired. I got to go to sleep. So, <laughs> wow, Chris. Anyway. That, that, that's some pent up uh, frustration. Let me sometimes. tell you how I really feel about it. I was going to say, uh, I'll, I'll send you my therapy bill in the mail. That's right. So yeah, so we're going to be looking at time. And as as we've done on, on previous episodes, I like to always give a little bit of a primer, uh, linking to more current contemporary news. No, we are not a news show, nor do we play one on podcast. But if we did... we do it a heck of a lot better. We'd probably do it better. But uh, no, if you looked uh, on August... Uh, I think it was published like literally two days ago on Forbes, uh, Forbes published an article called why you should limit your time on social media. That's a gimme now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you're the headline itself. You're just like, ugh, whatever. And ugh, AJ is going to get on his doldrum. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you think I'm just going to be hitting my, my normal, you know, stump of like, ah, oh, the Facebook, it's evil. No. What's interesting about this article is again, it's Forbes. Forbes is a business cited slanted, uh, publication house, right? So of course they're going to have a business angle to it. Now, what's interesting about this is, and a link is in the show notes. Drink. And what's cool about this is they provide a whole bunch of different links to different research. Um, and I'm going to put research with um, a lowercase r and air quotes on this. Um, one of the, the research uh, studies that they uh, brought up was last year, Facebook found that heavy users of their site often had worse mental health. Now, that's interesting that Facebook themselves are looking at their own platform saying, hey, whoa, there's actually a negative effect to our product. Did Dorian Gray just see his reflection in the mirror? I think so. And he's starting to look a little haggard. Yeah, perhaps. But uh, I I thought that was interesting that, you know, Facebook, even though um, 
us technologists kind of have a scolding brow against the, the big blue bar that, you know, Facebook does look internally to what they are doing for good or for bad. Now, the other thing I want to point out is a uh, study from the University of Pittsburgh found that adults who visit social media sites, you want to take a guess, Chris, without looking at the show notes on average, how many minutes a day? Typical, found? A typical American or typical... I believe, yes. I believe this study was tailored towards uh, America. Well, with the amount of time you punch up an app during the course of the day, I think that... I'm going to go 45 minutes. Wow, you're being very... Uh very gracious on that. No, uh, this University of Pittsburgh found that uh, adults visit social media sites on average of 61 minutes a day. An hour a day gets your social media some play. What could you do with an extra hour a day that you are just, like we talked about last episode, playing the slot machine because of pagination of what's next? What's mm-hmm. next? Got to get my hit. You know, why are you spending this much wasting this much time? We're going to unpack what we can do with that extra time later yeah. on in this episode. But that is, a, it's not a rhetorical question. That's a pretty important question to ask. What would you, you're given a gift. You're given a gift of an hour. Oh, what you can do to better yourself in that hour. But we'll talk about uh, yeah. how that can be done later on. So that, that's that's the primer going into this episode. Is it's And we're not going to just focus on, on Facebook and, and social media. It's just time. We, we, you say it's your nemesis. I see it as a, a mixed blessing, okay? Because what's nice is, as a horologist, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's, it's a fixed number. So really... If you have 24 hours and you you see a uh, an optimization opportunity here, because if we are on average, some of us are better. I, I mean, I probably spend maybe six minutes a day on social media, but Cause, still, because you're disciplined, that gets to that big D word that mm-hmm. we've been doing in this series. But no, if you if even for me, six minutes a day times you know seven days a week, how many minutes could I get back? Uh, 42 minutes. 42 minutes a week times 52 weeks. I can't do that much. Now, two thousand some minutes, which would be over a couple, a couple, a number of days. Right. That I that I personally am wasting looking at a screen to get the next hit because I'm liking Harding or whatever. So I even myself, I'm looking at myself at this too. Like regardless if it's six or sixty one minutes, there are ways that we can optimize the day that we are just letting time slip. Absolutely. Should we do the disclaimer uh, bit right now? Sure. Do you want to do the disclaimer? Because I usually I'll do. give it a try. Sure. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, those of you who are listening right now, do keep in mind AJ Barsay and yours truly, Chris Powell, are not medical professionals of any sort. So whatever we talk about, we're just talking about our own experiences. And please don't take it for uh, like uh, prescription. If you are going to do something that affects your life, please go see your primary care physician or a medical doctor. They're smarter than us. Expect. Yeah. Anyway. So eight hours a day, seven or five days a week is a typical work week, Chris. So why is that your nemesis? My reasons for having an adversarial relationship with time uh, in which I'm paid for 40 hours a week is that I have an equation in which the workload and an ever-increasing workload of demands because I've been told that I do pretty good work. When good work is done, more work is hoisted upon uh, a professional. I'm finding that more and more I don't have adequate amounts of time to one, complete the work and to do it at a standard that I have set, which may be higher than my, my management or my sure. clients. And so therefore there is this innate pressure uh, 
put that I put upon myself to try to do as much as I possibly can in those 40 hours uh, so that I can justify my paycheck internally. And, and so, yeah. and also take pride in something, right? Like, I mean, you, you, you do take pride in, in, absolutely, you know, what you are doing. Like, otherwise, why would you be doing it? I'm well, I'd hoping. be working in another field probably right. because, you know, pride, I'm a high performing individual right. and, uh, but I, th- this is a fixed amount of time and sometimes the, uh, demands exceed the amount of t- a lot of time available. And so I have to be disciplined as far as how I'm able to spend it so that I don't dilly dally uh, in other areas, such as checking what other people are doing with their lives. Right. And uh, oftentimes I want to be able to do things to balance things out in my own life because I'm a deep thinker. And when I'm doing technological work at not just, I, I don't want to be flippant and call it a tier one level, which is kind of like turning it on and off again. I'm often asked to do tier two or tier three uh, tasks, which involve greater time in which I have to do, as Cal Newport once said, if you know, you've heard this before, he wrote a book called Deep Work. You got to dive deep into the cerebral aspects of fixing that darn computer. And it isn't like you read a script and go do this, do this, do this, done, move on to the next widget. Uh, I need to be able to, you know, really analyze in a lot of ways and troubleshoot and trial and error. And that takes time. Mm. And unfortunately, that time dedicated gets pinged with distractions and other types of interruptions. And I can't really accomplish what I would want to do in my standards. Oh, so what what interrupts you in a typical day? I usually have my phone devoid of any interruptions other than from my wife or my daughter. Uh, I get four different avenues of uh, requests for help, phone, in person, email, and instant message. Uh, there's a number of uh, times I've attempted to turn off my email, and I'm trying to get better disciplined at mm-hmm. only processing email during the workday at certain times so I can batch process where I'm focused on doing responses or, or calendar appointments and such where I can focus work on other things, but I'm having a tough time with that. <clears throat> and so, you know, part of customer services, you want to provide timely resolutions or timely responses. Sure. And that's a, that's a big equation of suck when you're uh, dealing with uh, 2018 and tech needs uh, in the modern workplace. Right. So I imagine like if, if you're listening to Chris's story and you're like, well, that also applies to me too. And I, I mean, I'm working, let's say I'm a working Joe mechanic, mm-hmm. you know, yep. I imagine once you're, you know, diving deep into a, a client's engine, the last thing you want to hear is that, <laughs> that you got somebody tweeting you, right? You don't, you don't want to have like a, I can't make the, the outlook gong, right? Like the next calendar appointments coming up. Boom. There, I don't know. Yeah, There's, that's you know my I mean, gong. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I think one of the things listening to your story, and, and I think it's a, a story that a lot of people in the professional sphere have, we've gotten too accustomed to being notified on the next thing to do, as opposed to us having a task list and saying, okay, today, this is what I'm doing. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you you hybridize. You do have the, the paper analog uh-huh. um, agenda, but you kind of do your... Chris Powell, uh, uh, hybrid methods. Yeah. yeah, I have a hybrid method, or at least the unique method that works for me in my situation. Uh, I I found that as I'm in a, a, a 40s decade right now, uh, I cannot keep track mentally of everything that is currently spinning in my head. And I've had to adopt analog methods and digital methods to get crap out of my brain, <laughs> uh, so that I don't forget it or that I don't uh, let it uh, slip. 
And that takes a good deal of effort. And that's a dedicated, disciplined approach to be able to clear what's in my brain so I could focus on what the task at hand and not have uh, other things worrying about what's coming up in two days, three days, two hours, three hours from now. Um, but there's, it's just a difficult process. And uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone has some type of uh, aspect going on uh, in their own life, whether you're a parent with an active kid or a kid with an active social life or uh, hobby life or sports life or activity life. Uh, it's tough to keep all those appointments and how are you going to balance that in the day? We're talking about work-life balance. And in a lot of cases, we have a lot of demands placed upon us, not just from the workplace, but also family as well. So how do you propose balancing that? Uh, you know, in, in, pre- in prepping for our show, uh, we were talking about famous quotes involving uh, you know, time and how we did. I, and I initially, I initially thought it was Benjamin Franklin cause he's like the originator of so many quotes. What's up, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My man, B Franklin. Uh, I'm all about the Benjamins. There's a quote out there, not from Benjamin Franklin actually, uh, but from a fellow named Robert Owen, who back in 1817 was the mill owner of a, of a, a textile mill called New Lanark. And he came up with this uh, initially back in the 19th century. Uh, the workday was 10, 14 hours. It was pretty much you work and then you sleep wherever and you it barely had time to eat. But he was working on creating social change back then in the early 1800s. And he came up with this little slogan, eight hours labor, eight hours recreation, eight hours rest. What a wonderful compartmentalization of our day. We obviously have to sleep, and wouldn't it be great if we can all get eight hours of sleep? Yeah, uh, new parents, I feel for you. Yeah, definitely, yeah, we feel you. Yeah, I feel you. So uh, it gets better. I, it, I promise. It's it's it, it's a great uh, goal to strive for. <laughs> However, uh, eight hours labors where we are currently at in this society, and you know, for those, are, this this begs the question: if you're getting paid for eight hours and you're working ten or nine, why are you doing that? Yeah. And that's interesting because off the mic, I was mentioning to you, I was listening, I think, to The Guardian Mm -hmm. uh, based out of the UK. And I think they're... The tubes got a new retrofitted Wi-Fi, or they're, they're talking about their metro. I didn't catch the full story. I'll, if There's I find the it. subway system, in yeah, the, the subway, yeah, yeah. and uh, which, if you've ever been in London, like Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi, really was sluggish. And so I was just tuning in. It's like, oh, cool, they got an update. Next time I'm in London, I'll actually have decent Wi-Fi. Is what I was thinking. Um, as I was coming into work, I heard them saying like they were monitoring the traffic to see what where the load is coming from, and they were assuming that it was on social networks. And I find it interesting that they found out that actually the load, the burden of load wasn't actually for social. It was for email. So they were not on Facebook posting. People are commuting from home to work and while they're trying to get work done before they arrive to the office. Huh. So it sounds like by doing this, they're giving their workplace additional time that they're not being paid for. Apparently. Yeah. And that's, you know, demands of work or uh, increased demands uh, upon them or their standards are at such a level due to what factor. Uh, That is rather curious. And it does beg the question, uh, how much do you work outside of your uh, time frame that you're paid? Yeah. And And why? And why? And, you know, that's a whole nother three or four episodes if we wanted to go down that route. But, you know, something to think about there, folks. Uh, You know, I... If I'm checking work email at home after dinner, 
because I'm worried about what might be facing me the next day. Well, that's a half hour, 15, 20 minutes, depending, uh, of processing things that I'm not getting paid for. And the opportunity cost of doing that work-related task on my mobile device at home is 15 minutes that I'm not spending with your wife Men, and daughter, the wife and daughter, our our, our psycho puppy, uh, your puppy. <laughs> or 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 my own personal fitness, or uh, whether it be yeah. physical, mental, emotional, um, that's that's a trade off, and uh, that's more and more in this decade I'm in is starting to become more and more apparent because I don't want to be someone in that '50s decade that has to be taking some type of medication right. or some other type of e-break, reverse skate to try to get back to a better state of being. I guess I've gotten to a place where I'm blessed to be in a workplace that I get paid for eight hours work. And I, since I'm not getting paid overtime, I choose not to uh, try to limit what I do outside of that eight hours because life outside is important to me. Mm-hmm. But I also have a freelance technology business. And so that work that I do outside of my eight hours of work is time spent away from my family. And so I am very careful about the time that I spend freelancing. Sure. Same. And I'm in the same boat. Uh, but speaking of, of that work-life balance, we do have to do a show air balance because you might be listening to us on Camry 102.3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the balanced heart of the city of subdued excitement. Very nice. I nailed that you one. Nailed, nailed that, that one. one. That was good. That was it's good. It's been a few episodes where nice I've nailed that. Nice promo. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so... So with eight hours of work, okay, we put in a good work day. And for those of you that may work six hours, good on you. Uh, for those of you that may be paid for 10, four tens, or if you're mm-hmm. a shift worker, how do you balance that with you know a long day? Do you sleep? How do you work that out? And, and the part of that quote from Robert Owen that I referred to that I've been meditating on, uh, ruminating, which is another word for chew, I believe, yes. uh, eight hours recreation. Mm-hmm. And... Eight hours of recreation, that sounds pretty dang skookum. Uh, eight hours to play. How is that being spent outside of being dormant, uh, unconscious, where we're supposed to get eight hours of sleep? Okay, so we get six hours. That means we have 10 hours of recreation or non-work, non-sleep time. And how is that being spent? Well, this is the balance part yeah. that, we're, that we were talking about earlier. You got to eat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, drive throughs are awesome. Only a couple minutes to wolf down a, a packaged container of uh, nutritional what? Or listen to our first episode of this miniseries and let's, let's look at your nutrition. But. See episode 90 for more information <laughs> about that. No, uh, how, do we, how do we spend this eight hours? Okay, so family, of course, for right. those of us that have families and or friends, that's a big amount of recreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- taking care of the kiddos, taking care of our spouses, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our friends. That takes a, a amount of time in that recreation. Mm-hmm. But what else is going on in there? Apparently social media. Uh, for at least one one out of that eight hours is spent recreating. One, yeah, one-eighth. One-eighth of your day is spent, or of your recreation day yeah. uh, allotment is spent on uh, looking at what other people are doing. How is that healthy again? Hopefully your mind was thinking of uh, that question, uh, the, the answer to that question. We just had a pause for thought. Anyway. Well, well no, I, that, I, that's where I'm, I'm dovetailing into this is like if we're, if we're looking at it from the perspective of you have eight hours of recreation. Now, let's, let's say four hours of that has to be tied up in bodily function and family function, let's say. You know. Sounds good. Half okay, of it. So half of it, right? So that really 
you're 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 you've got four of that eight that you have to dedicate to you know prepping the day prepping the kids day uh doing what you know humans need to do okay pay bills that type of thing right put on deodorant get dressed yeah that you got to figure you know four hours i'm being you know fairly generous here there's other four hours that you get to yourself and now one quarter of that you are burning what having brands advertise to you and lust after other people's lifestyles how and again see episode 91 for you know how does that affect you and also as part of the four hours that take are outside of the family or bodily well, I'm just saying what humans do. Yes, exactly. But let's also give a shout out to those people that are not lucky like you and I to have a 13 or 15 minute commute. Mm-hmm. That commute to go from our house to our workplace, that's a half hour yeah. out of that eight hours of recreation. And for those of you in metropolitan areas, we dig you. Yeah. We're glad you're listening into us. Maybe as you're slogging through a commute in traffic. Yeah. Imagine um, if you're like in the outskirts of LA I, and you have to work in LA. Yo. I have been told like at the, at, on an easy day, that's an hour and a half commute each yep. direction. That's three hours that you're stuck in the car. Out of the four hours of recreation. Bingo. And that's where we got, uh, how, do, how did, the, how did the, the water in the pot that we've been sitting in get heated up that much? Um, and that's a tough one. I don't have an answer for that. I don't if I, either. If I did, I'd be on all the podcasts stumping but, my book. But, but the, the, the dovetail into that, though, is because a lot of people turn to technology. It's like, oh, well, that's why I look forward to autonomous driving. For how here's the thing. And, and I, I imagine that on our side of the, the ocean versus like the European side of the ocean, I imagine that autonomous driving is seen two different, very different ways. Over here, I imagine it's more in the vein of what the, like that London tube um, uh, study um, said with their Wi-Fi. I imagine Americans would welcome autonomous driving so that, again, on their hour and a half long commute, they can start working in the car. Hmm. Funny thing about autonomous driving, it's kind of already here. It's called public transportation. <laughs> Although the, the, uh, the autonomous is not a robot. It's actually a wonderful person that's driving the bus. Sup, WTA? Hey, WTA, we love you. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and that, for the, those of you outside of Whatcom County, stands for Whatcom Transit Authority, a fine way to <laughs> navigate to the Whatcom County roads with our wonderful bus system. So, uh, but yes, if you, if you had... Give yourself an hour and a half, you know, of that of that commute. What would you do with an hour and a half yeah. if you didn't have to worry about being behind the wheel, focus on not wrecking your vehicle, or, or you know, uh, taking the wrong exit route? Uh, what would you do that hour and a half? What would you do with this time? That's the thought exercise I want to point out to you, ladies and gentlemen. What could you do? Start a business, curate a business, nurture a business that is outside of your current work to be able to make some cash to take care of those bills. Or if you're an artist, this is one thing that, you know, like I said, I started uh, at the top of our show that time is a mixed blessing. It's nice that we only have 24 hours in a day and we get to redo it all over again. At the same time, we only have 24 hours now. That's my nemesis. And as an artist, like that's the one thing that I long for is having more time to be able to have my mind create. You know, and when you start looking, boiling down the numbers, eight hours of work, four hours of our recreation time has to be tied up on the functionality of being a human that leaves four hours left of being able to do you slash art slash entrepreneur slash whatever, then sleep. Yeah. 
So let's talk about something, you know, we're, we're the grownups, we're the olds. Let's talk about the kids. Oh, the kiddos. And, you know, they may have six hours of their work day uh, slogging through a school day. Hey, school just got back into session around here in our neck yeah. of the woods. Uh, and they may sleep eight hours, depending on if they have devices or not, there may be less time. How do they handle the recreation or other aspects? Now, you may be noticing I've been pulling from both sides of the Atlantic Ocean here. Uh, I'm going to flash over back to France. France made some waves. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Bonjour. Uh, it is now a French law that smartphones are banned in schools. That oh. not, 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 not Parisian. I mean, all of France. France. <laughs> so this is interesting because... Um, I don't know how to make uh, what to make of this. How Be- can we spin this one, dude? The, uh, a country a, outlawed a country. Smartphones, smartphones in schools. In schools. So this ban, okay? Uh, what did the French do? Uh, to quote a uh, an article that I've got in the show notes, drink uh, the ban on smartphone uh, smartphones as well as other kids kinds of uh, internet connected devices such as tablets mm-hmm. applies to them as well. Applies to school children between the age of three and fifteen years of age, uh, and this was passed by lawmakers. This isn't just like a municipality doing this, um, and. What's interesting is is that they the onset of this is they started doing some research on how the youths have been using um, their devices. So uh, in another study, uh, more than ninety percent of French children between the age of twelve and twenty seven own a mobile phone in two thousand and sixteen. Now that's up from seventy two percent just in two thousand and five. Sure. Okay, so in 11 years, they went from 72 to 90% saturation of a device between the ages of 12 and 17. Yeah, we went from the Nokia uh, cute candy bar phone to the iPhone and Android phone. Combine that with the earlier mentioned, uh, you know, we spend on average now 61 minutes a day. You know, how much, how many hours are in a school day? They start looking at it from the perspective of this is a national Uh, if you were friends, they're seeing the smart device and internet connected devices as a national threat on education. Yep. And hey, um, you know, there's, there's good points and bad points uh, to this law that was, that was passed. Uh, Our attention is now directed to there to see how things are turning out. Yeah. So I've got links in the show notes to that. It's interesting. Um, The, the flip side to this is, okay, so of course we're going to be on the, the whole pulpit of, you know, these devices for good or for bad are here. And they have some good application. And right now we're kind of tailoring this towards this is a bad thing. We've gotten distracted. We've lost our discipline and our time management is kind of being sapped by them. Now you would think that this is just going to perpetually be worse. You know, generation Z, cause we're now not a millennials. I've been told now the next generation is generation Z, okay. Z, if you're right. in Canada, yes, except Canada. Hello. What's interesting is uh, the guardian published a uh, article called logged off, meet the teens who refuse to use social media. Hmm. Really interesting read. Um, now generation Z is they they are they they have known nothing other than the internet, which the previous millennial generation has also known. But what's interesting is they're starting to see there's this new resurgence that uh, in at least British school children are starting to not gravitate towards these networks, largely because um, uh, in one 2017 uh, survey they found that 63 percent 
of school children in Britain would be happy if social media had never been invented. Wow. 63% of this youth. Nearly two out of three. That's interesting. That, that breaks the trend uh-huh. that we've just been leading up to. Sure. Okay. Uh, another survey uh, of 9,000 internet users from uh, the research firm, Am- I think it's called Ampere Analysis, found that people uh, in the age of 18 to 24 had significantly changed their attitudes towards social media in just the past two years, which... Again, this is from the other side of the pond. So this is not related to U.S. politics. We okay. may have changed our uh, opinions on social media in two years. That, that's a long time, but so, it happens. So it's interesting that, you know, France is putting a ban. Um, here in the United States, we're, we're still kind of in a, in a mixed bag. Some municipalities have blocked um, uh, devices for children in schools. Some of them have embraced it, but with limited access. Uh, and now you also are seeing here in the United Kingdom, that there are some youths that are just seeing it as like we just kind of started at the top of the show. It's kind of a waste. Hmm. So why is it, why was it even invented? Really? What, what is it supposed to do for me? That's, I would love to um, check out that article. I know you posted to it uh, in our show notes, drink, uh, but I may have <laughs> to like read that just to learn a little bit more about it. And, it, but it does beg the question. It sounds like these kids uh, may have a phone or may not want to use a phone. Okay. What happens if you just leave your phone, like if you, if you have your social media stuff, but don't have your phone with you during a certain set amount of time? Well, see, and that's the thing that I wanted to highlight in this is that specifically that 2017 survey is specifically towards social media never being invented, not the phone. Okay. Because I, th- I, th- I feel like, like I said, for good or for bad, the technology is, is a tool, you know, tools can be used for great things or for horrible things. Yeah. Look at Voldemort. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, um, he was horrible, but he did great things, you oh, know, fair enough. So again, like connectivity, if you're connecting with a person, you're making a relationship, whether you do it face to face or whatever, like it is a tool. I think the social media aspect for, uh, again, we have social shaming issues. We've got cultural issues. We've got a ton of things on these platforms, these broadcast towers that are unregulated and, and anybody can have unfettered access. It's interesting to see that the Z generation is kind of seeing the tide for what it is. In specifically that social media, maybe they don't want to contribute to the bragger board. We're giving you some food for thought uh, for this to consider exactly what what are you spending your day on? How are you using? And if you're spending your day on your phone or device or your laptop, exactly how are you using that? And is it is it healthy? Is it good for you? And on that note, Chris and I want to thank you for your time, your 30 minutes that you have dedicated listening to the Bellingham podcast, whether it's on your favorite podcast app of choice or on Bellingham's very own KMRE 102.3 FM, low power community radio here in the timely city of subdued excitement. Uh, On that note, we thank you so much again. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thank you once again for joining us on the Bellingham podcast. TikTok, TikTok. TikTok.